The following recording is from the previous cycle. Today's daf is Gitin daf Samaches, and we are at the Mishnah, the beginning of the seventh parak, Masechtes Gitin, Perak Misha Achsoi. So the backdrop of Perak Misha Achsoi is very much a continuation of Perak Oimer, which deals with Shlichus Begerishin. However, the Gemara is immediately, right at the beginning of the Perak, going to digress to three blot of Agadah to Gemara, three blot of very dense Agadah to Gemara, specifically Gemaras that talk about things that really we don't or cannot understand very well, the topics of Rufua, Bimei Chazal, the topic of Shadim, the Gemara is going to talk about Kameas, a lot of what we like to call the Hibijibi type in Yonim. And these are things that come up in several places in Shas. You have it at the end of the sixth parak of Masach Shabbos, you have it in Perak Avri Psachim in the Sugi of Zugois. So these are things that wherever you learn, you have to look at the Marsha and the Maral, the Ben Yoyada, the Gedoli Achreinim, who dedicated a lot of time in explaining Divrei Agada, and they always give the same disclaimer that these are words, things that we can't take literally, things that are very difficult for us to understand. Stating that, we have three blood of such gemaras, and we'll do what we do. Just as a little bit of an introduction to today's daf, that is the Shita Sarambam. So Yodua, the Rambam, in the end of Perikir Aleph, said, with regards to all these different esoteric, metaphysical type things that you find sprinkled throughout Chazal, the Rambam said as follows, he's talking specifically about Kishof and Mo'inein, Menachesh, says the Rambam, last all these things, despite the fact they were so embraced by the ancient world, really, they were divrei sheker v'chazov. The pagan priests, they had certain vested interests in getting people to believe in all these different things, so they somehow conned the world into believing in them. But really, divrei sheker v'chazov. Says the Rambam, they royally Israel, Shein Chachomim Mechukomim, Lehimoshech Bahavolim Elo, Voloy Lahalis Al Halev Shiesh Behem Tala, that a Yid, Jews, who historically have always been Chachomim Mechukomim, it's inappropriate for them to believe this. Shinemar Kile Nachash Biak, Velikasim Bisral, Vinemar, and the Possek says, Kiagoyim Elash at a Yerish Oisom, El Moinim Velakosim Yeshu, Vata Loike Nosan Chasham Lekacha, the Terrorist specifically tells the Yid not to do it. You know why? Not just because it's Aser, but because it's silly, because it's foolish. Says the Rambam, and anyone that does believe in it, if somebody takes the approach that really Kishof and all these things, they're true. There's something, it's a good exercise. It's something that we should probably engage in. But the terrorist said it's also. Similarly, if somebody would say Chazer could taste really good, but the terrorist said it's also. So to say the latter is fine. But to say this is a mistake. To say it in the context of Kishof and Oinein, someone who says that is silly, he's a fool. So the Rambam repeats himself very wordy here at the end of Perikidal. He makes his position very, very clear that all these in Yone Kishof, according to the Rambam, with Divrei Sheker Vechazov, he refers to them as Havolim, 
Sacholim, different adjectives that describe how silly, how ridiculous it was. There was no chachma to it. The ain ro'i li'israel, she'en chachamim mechuchamim, lehimashech bahavolim, elu v'leilahalis alalev she'esh behem tava. This Rambam here in Yad Chazaka, the Rambam repeats himself throughout his far. In fact, in his three great works, the Yad Chazaka, his Pirish HaMishnayis, and in his Moira Nevuchim, the Rambam says this, you saw it. He says it in the beginning of the fourth parak in Mesechtes of Oedazar of Pirish HaMishnayis, and of course he says it at great length in his Moira Nevuchim, stating that most Rishonim did not agree with the Rambam. And just to emphasize how strongly the Chelkim on the Rambam felt, it's Kedai to mention a Russian from the Bir Agra, the Vilna Goyen. It's in Yeridea Sinan Kuf Ayin Test. The context over there is a Mechaber, where the Shulchan Aruch says, Misha Noshchei Akriv, somebody that was bitten by a scorpion, Muta Luchay Shalav, you're allowed to recite an incantation. Va'afilu b'Shabbos. Va'afal peace says the Shulchan Aruch. She'ein hadover mayoklov. Even though this incantation you're going to recite is pointless, it doesn't really help. Ha'ilu m'sukin hu'bin that this person is in a state of sakana. He tiru the Chachamim allowed him to say it. K'dei shloi titarif ta'itayolov. So that the chayla shouldn't become even more sick, thinking that this remedy that in his mind works, is not being given to him. Meaning, the Shulchan Aruch says that really it's silly, it doesn't work. But the person thinks it works. And being that the person thinks he works, we give it to him, we do it, we even Mechal Shabbos for it, and it's simply for the reason that we want to make this person feel good. But the Mechab is very clear. Even though it doesn't work, we do it. Where did the Shulchan Aruch get this idea that all these Lachashev and these incantations don't work? It's the Mechaber who always goes with the Shittas Rambam. It's based on this Rambam that we just spoke, and the Rambam scattered throughout his svarim, but the Rambam did not believe in the Lachashim. Says the Vilna Goyen in his Beer Hagra. The Makar to this Shulchan Aruch is a Rambam. The Kachkos of the Perish HaMishnai is the Perik Dal Davi Dezor. Avol says the Beer Hagra, Kol Habon Achrov, all the Achrenim that followed the Rambam, Cholku Olav. Shari Harbe Lachashim, never be Gemara. You find it throughout the Gemara. So why did the Rambam take the position that he took? Says the Goyen. The reason is because the Rambam studied philosophy. Says the Vilna Goyen, the Rishonim already hit the Rambam al kad kadoy on his head. Shari Motzinu Harbi Meisrus Begemara al Pishemois Vikshofim, and the Gro goes and he lists all these different. Gemaras and even Psuki Atoira, Vatoira Ido, Vayil Taninim, Vayin Zoyosham, Vechen Komei and Baharbi Makoimis, Ulochashim, Rabbamulasapra. He says, you can't even list all of them. So why did the Ramam say what he said? The Gro repeats himself, Vahal philosophy, Hitzoi, Beroiv, Lokhalafarish, Agamara, Hakol, Baderach, Alzi. The Ramam explained all these different Gemaras that they're really all Mesholim, they're metaphors, Valakam, Oysam, Ipshatam, Vechas Visholim, says the Vilna Goyen, Aini Maimen Bohem, Voloi Mehem, Voloi Mahamoy. All these Gemaras, everything that we're going to learn today, and all these Gemaras that are scattered throughout Shas, you have to understand literally. There's obviously a deeper meaning. That's not what that means. There's Kabbalah, there's Soydis over here, but either way, a machloikis between the Rambam and pretty much everybody else. Whether these Gemaras have to be 
take in? Literally, do we understand or should we accept the fact that there's something to Kishof, there's something to these Lechashim and these different interesting refuas that were commonplace be Mechazal, or whether it's Shadim, whether it's Kameyos, whether it's using Shemais and being able to do supernatural things. According to almost everybody, Bereisham, the Vilna Goy, and the Bir Agra, it's 100% literal. It's 100% MS. The Ramam took a, a very different, albeit controversial approach, stating that. We'll begin today's daf and we'll come back and pick up the introduction during the course of the daf. Says the Mishnah, Mishach said Kordaikis, somebody that was overcome by Kordaikis, that the Gemara is going to say that he drank new wine, and when he drank the wine, somehow it affected him in a way that he became a little bit crazy. For Omar, he said, ishti, and while he was in the state of being overcome by this Kordaikis, he told the Shliach, divorce my wife, it's not a minui shlichos. Why? Because we assume that he's not in a clear state of mind, so just because he instructed the Shliach to do something, doesn't necessarily mean that it constitutes a minui shlichos. Omar, if he said, kiss forget le ishti, what if, to the reverse, he said, write again for my wife, and afterwards, and afterwards he was overcome by Kordaikis, and while he was in the state of Kordaikis, he backed out, the minui shlichos happened while he was in a clear state of mind, he backed out of it when he was Achsoy Kurdaikis. When he's in a state of Achsoy Kurdaikis, he's not held responsible for anything that he does or says. As a result, what if a man lost his ability to talk? And they told him, Would you like us to write a get for your wife? And he shuckled this guy. It just so happens, yeah. So what you do is they do a little uh, exam. They want to see whether he's cognizant. Is he coherent? Is he... Does he understand what's going on? He can't communicate. But, so they ask him three questions that he should say yes to, and three questions that he should say no to. And if he gets the right answers, like we had the cotton, they give him a basic IQ test. So if he passes this test, the halacha is, the halacha is that we assume that he is bedas, he just can't talk. Hirkin Roshoi can constitute a minu shlichos, there's some lambdas there, not for today, and the Allah is that they can follow through, with the shlichos, says the Gemara, my kredaikis, what exactly is kredaikis, what Shmuel Shmuel said, the nachte chamra chadata, the matzarta, it's talking about someone who drank new wine, and somehow it affected him. Frank, the Gemara, so let's just say, somebody that was bitten, or overcome by this yayin chadash, haka mashmulon, the reason the Mishnah didn't say that, was because the Mishnah wants to tell us the name, of this chayli, the harucha, this ruach, kurdaikish shema, is called kurdaikish. The mind of who cares what it's called? The kameya, I'll tell you who cares. If you're going to write a kameya, an amulet, and you're going to try to exercise this ruach, so you have to know the name. Apparently, in the kameyas, it's important to know the name of this ruach that you're trying to get rid of, and that's why the Mishnah told us, agav urche, kamash malon, you know what the name of that ruach is, it's called Kurdaikis. Now, if you look at Rashi, the first Rashi in the parak, Misha Achsa Kurdaikis, Shem Shida Hashaletes Kishashesa Yerin Harbe Migita. And Rashi repeats itself again in the Gemara. Rucha, Shade Ha'ichas Ayyadekach. Rashi explains it as a demon. If you look at the Ramam and the Pirish Hamishnais, the Ramam says it's just a machlo of some sort. This person became sick. He explains it as 
If you look at the Rambam, he, he describes a little bit what the symptoms of this machla is. The Rambam was a doctor, of course, but this is the Rambam Lashitas. Again, the Rambam didn't explain it as a shade, because in the Rambam's world, there's no such thing as shade. So the Rambam says that this kurdaikis is just a sickness of some sort. It's an infection, it's a sickness, maybe it's a mental illness, doesn't matter. The point is, it's a machla, it's something that could be explained. Alpidera Khateva, in Rashi's world, it's the name of a shade of some sort. It says what Mayas would say, okay, so somebody's overcome by kurdaikis. So what's this person supposed to do? Says the Gemara Bisra Sumka, he should eat lean meat, a gumri that was roasted on coals, the Khamra Marka and diluted wine. Amr Abaya, so a nice steak dinner. Amr Liam, my mother told me. Now we know Abaya never saw his mother. Abaya never saw his mother, and Abaya never saw his father. Abaya is Rosh Tevis, Asher Bacha Yerucham Yasim. Abaya was a Yasim. Yet he refers to his mother throughout Chas, and that means that Aim is the woman that raised him. Whose house did Abaya grow up in? His Rebbe, Rabbi Bar Nachmeni. That's why Rabbi called Abaya Nachmeni after his father Nachmeni. We had it in the Gilion Nashas, the Aruch, earlier in Masechtas Gittim. But either way, Abaya said over the following in the name of his mother. L'shim Shabbas Yoyma, somebody that has a headache. It sounds like it came because of the sun. Take a look at Rashi. L'shimsha, it's Milosh and Shemesh. Bas Yoyma, if it's one day old, meaning it's just started that morning. Kuzah Damaya, the remedy is, the refu is, he should drink water. Incidentally, it sounds like he's dehydrated, and when he drinks water, he just will be hydrated. He won't have to worry about it anymore. Bas Treyoyimi, let's say it's lasting already two days, so then it could be a little bit more severe than merely dehydration. Sigure, then what he should do is he should bloodlet. Blood Letting was a very popular form. So today we take ibuprofen. Back in the day, it was bloodletting. Very, very popular. So that's what he should do. Let's say it's persisting. It's already three days. So now he needs the steak dinner. You take the lean meat that was roasted on coals. Let's say it's bothering him for a really long time. You should take a black hen. You should tear the hen Vertically and horizontally. He should shave. This is the person with the headache. He should shave the middle of his head. He should put this black can on top of his head. Until blood comes out from the black hand onto his head. Then... He should jump into a body of water. The water should be so deep that it's up until his neck. At that point, he's going to start feeling weak. He should swim. He should emerge from the water. He should sit down. Let's say he doesn't have a black hen and it's too difficult for him to go through this process. So there is a plan B. There's another option. Lechol karti, eat leek. But for the second part of it, you have to follow. You jump into water, until he feels weak. Swim. And he should get up. Abaya's mother gave him more refuas. L'shimsha, let's see somebody suffering from this sunstroke. He has a headache that came from the sun. Bisra sumka, agomri, like we said before, lean meat that was roasted on coals. V'chamra marka, diluted wine. L'talga, let's say somebody is frostbitten. So he wasn't out in the sun too long, but he was out in the cold too long. So then it's just the opposite. It's a steak dinner, but you have to cook the steak differently. It's bisra shmeina. It's a fat piece of meat. Agumri, again, roasted on coals. The chamrachaya, an undiluted wine. Says the Gemara, Rav Amr Chasida, Rav Amr Chasida, Kap Mitzaron, they Reish Kalusa. The Reish Kalusa used to give them a hard time. So the Reish Kalusa, they were the hierarchy in Bovel. So they ran the show 
in the Orthodox Jewish community in Bovel. The Nasi was the leader in Eretz Yisrael. The Reish Kalusa, who were descendants of Shevi Yehuda, just like the Nasiyim were, they ran the show in Bavel. But a lot of the Roshe Galusa were not necessarily such good people. And for that reason, you find many Gemaras where the Reish Kalusa gave the Chachamim, the Amiram, a very difficult time. So apparently, Rav Amram Chassid, Rashi says, was called Rav Amram Chassid because he was a Chassid. And he tried imposing a lot of his Chumras, a lot of his Chassidos on the Reish Kalusa. It didn't go over very well. As a result, they didn't get along very well. And as the Gemara says, they used to chap him. They used to give Rav Amram Chassid a very hard time. So one time, they would throw him outside in the snow and they would make him roll in the snow. The next day, after they had him rolling in the snow, they told Rav Amram Chassid, we'd like to give you something to eat. You're probably not feeling so well. What can we offer you? As Rav Amram Chassid said, whatever I tell them, they're going to do the opposite. He said, what I want is lean meat, and I want diluted wine. Isile inu, what did they bring him? The opposite. Bisra Shmeina, they brought him fat meat, agumri vechamrachaya, and undiluted wine, which is what Abaya's mother had said you're supposed to eat and drink when you were affected by the cold. Shama Yalta. So the Gemara says Yalta heard about what the Reish Galusa did to Ravam Chasido. Now, who was Yalta? Rav Nachman's wife. Rashi says a little bit of history, and you find this really throughout the Gemara. If you pay attention to it, you'll find it, that Rav Nachman had married into the family of the Reish Galusa. As a result, Rav Yaak, Nachman's wife, she was a, a dignitary. She was a, a woman who knew people in high places. So when she heard what the Reish Galusa, her family, did to Rav Amr Chasida, she was someone that had protection. She ran to Rav Amr Chasida and she took care of him. She brought him into a bathhouse. She bathed him. And how she was bathing him because of the red meat and the red wine that Rav Chasida had consumed, blood started pouring out of his body. And there were holes and boils on his skin. Either way, says the Gemara of Yosef, Rabbi Yosef, if he was ever out in the cold too long, what he would do is he would work in a windmill. Rav he would carry beams. Omar, he would say, because he understood that the refu is to shvitz, it's the sweat, and that's what he would say. It's interesting, the Rambam in his Pirish Hamishnayas on Pirkeyov, his Perik Dalit, very famous on the topic of famous Rambams. So the Rambam there, where he talks about Torah and Derecheretz, and he brings Raya's from different Amayroim and Tanam throughout Shas, that they believed very much in Gedoyla. Melacha, they believed in Derecheretz. This is one of the Gemaras that he quotes. That you see Rav Yosef and Rav Sheshez both did work. But I saw in the Sha'ar Mitzvah Balacha, he asks a very obvious Sha'ar. In this Gemara, it sounds like they didn't do it because they felt they wanted to have a, a nine to five job. It sounds like the reason Rav Yosef and Rav Sheshez worked was Gedoyel Melacha Shemechamem says Balel because of some sort of illness that they may have been suffering from. Either way, this is one of the Rambam's Gemaras, where the Rambam discusses Amiram and Tanoim that were Torim Derechetz. Oh, Rish Galusa, Rav Sheshes. Rish Galusa told Rav Sheshes on the topic of the Rish Galusa, my time will I saw Margabon. How come you don't like coming to eat by us? We invite you all the time for a Suda, and you always turn us down. Amalei says, you know what? Because your workers, your servants, they're not... People. I don't trust them. How do you know? Watch, invite me to a meal, and I'm going to prove to you that they are on Eve Menachai. 
Az Amalei Lashamis, Rav Sheshi sat down at the meal, so he told his Shamis, his Gaba, Zil Gnoiv Aisli Chodikar Mechayusa. So he saw that there was an animal spread out that they were waiting to serve. He said, Steal one of the legs of that animal. It was already Shachot, this animal. He said, Steal one of them. Amalu, Ahadmili Hidmi the Chayusa. So Rav Sheshi, they asked him, What would you like to order? So he said, I would like to have an animal, but if you can bring it, all four legs, I want the whole animal to be brought to me. So the Gemara says, I see Tlaskari. They brought the animal, but there were only three legs, because Rav Sheshis, his Gabai, had stolen the fourth leg. This animal only had three legs? He says, oh, we must have left it in the kitchen. Pasuk, they ran to the kitchen, but they didn't have the other leg. So they took a live animal, they chopped the leg off. I see, they brought in the fourth leg. Rav Sheshis told his Gabai, I see, Nami, Lahakti, Dach. Take the one leg that you stole and put it down on the table. So now he has five legs. So Abulu Rav Sheshis told him, Did this animal have five legs? You got us. But he says, you know what? I'll tell you what. You're right. My servants are apparently problematic, and that's why you don't want to eat by us. But how about if we eat together on your terms? Your gabai will be the mashkiach. You'll be able to oversee exactly what's happening. Like this, you'll be certain that there won't be avim and achai. He says, no problem. So they prepare a meal and they're serving Rav Sheshes. They served the meat. They gave him in the meat a small bone. Now Rav Sheshes, we know, was blind. And because he was blind, they knew Rav Sheshes would never be able to find this bone. And he wouldn't be able to see it. He would swallow it, he would choke, and he would die. So the Rish Galusa took it so far that they weren't just willing to be machshul Rav Sheshis and Eve Menachai, but they were upset at how Rav Sheshis had treated them and exposed them. So they decided they're going to take revenge and they're going to kill Rav Sheshis. But the Gemara says Rav Sheshis knew to be careful before he ate this food. Goshashay, he started feeling the food and he noticed that there's a small bone that can kill him. So the shakla karchabasudra, he took the bone and he put it in the sudra. The boss of the achal, after he finished eating, Amrulay, the people, the Rish Galusa, apparently noticed that. Rav Sheshis had put something in his handkerchief. They just didn't know what it was. And they wanted to know what it was. So they said, Somebody stole a silver kois. And the reason they said it was because they figured they'll start checking everybody's bags and everybody's sudorim, similar to the story with Yosef and Binyamin, and they're going to find it. So as they were doing their search, they found that Rav Sheshis had a some Basar, some meat, this bone inside the sudor. Amrleis, they said You see, Rav Sheshis never really intended in eating by us. And even though there was no chashev and achai, even though it was prepared in our kitchen with his mashkiach, Amrlehu, I not mechol achli. So Rav Sheshis, no, it's not true. It's not what happened. I ate the food. But I realized that the food that you gave me had an issue with it. This was a sick animal. It could have killed me. It had shechin, ababuois. It was something that could have killed me. Today we didn't prepare such food. It's not true. Go take a look. If you have a black animal that has a white spot, if you have a white animal that has a black spot, it's a sign that there's something wrong with it. They checked. And they in fact found that. Harav Sheshis knew that. I'm not sure. But either way, they found that they again were serving him a sick animal. Says the Gemara, as they're both leaving this lunch meeting that clearly didn't go very well. <laughs> as they're walking out, what they did was they dug a hole in the ground. They put a mat on top of it. And they told Rav Sheshis, again, Rav Sheshis was blind, so he can't see. Why don't you take a little rest before you leave the house? 
sit down. Now, if Rosh would have sat down, he would have fallen right through the mat. Obviously, he would have been hurt. Maybe he would have been killed. So the Gemara says, Rav Chizda is watching this happen from afar. Rav Chizda made a noise from afar. So Rav Sheshes turns to a child who was standing next to him, and he told him, Tell me a Pasuk that you learned in Yeshiva. He told him, Go to the right or to the left. Then he told his Gabbai, Tell me, what do you see in front of you? I see a mat lying on the floor. That's where they want you to sit. He said, Let's get away from here right now. After he got away, How did you know? What do you mean? I got the signal. I heard your noise that you made and I understood you were trying to alert me to something. And not just that. You have to realize they were in a Think they're in the White House. This is the house of the Rish Kalusa. It's not so they can't just do whatever they want. The oid, he told them the Pasikli Nukupsuka. I heard a Pasik from this child. As it is, I started off behind the eight ball because I knew that I can't really trust them. So between the Psychli Psukech, where he told me go to the right or to the left, and between Nochalima, you put it all together, I knew to be concerned. Now it's interesting, this idea of Psychli Psukech, this is the second time that we had it recently. We had it in the Sugya of Kansar Bar Kansar. When Nira Kesar is about to descend upon Yerushalayim, he sees a child, he tells him, Psychli Psukech, and the kid tells him, a Apasik, where Hashem says that I'm going to take revenge from Edom for destroying the base of Mikdash. And Nira said, Aha, I'm going to be successful in destroying the base of Mikdash. But for eternity, Hashem is going to take revenge from me. This is not something I want to have anything to do with. Nafak, he ran away. The Geyer, the Nafak, Mineir Abeir. Abeir came from Nirakesa. So this idea of Psychli Psukech, the fact that Nirakesa would do it, Mimeilo. But here, if Sheshis did it, is that something you're allowed to do? And why would you think you're not allowed to? Tomem Tiem Hashem Alokecha. Why is that different than any Nichosh? Why is it different than a person saying, a black cat, or if somebody walked under a ladder, or... Any other type of nichosh, that's not okay. It's a passing in the Torah. We just spoke at the Rambam. Not only is it not okay, it's foolish. And here you have the great Rav Sheshes who's engaging in something that seems very, very similar to nichosh. He tells a child, tell me a pasik. The pasik says, go to the right or to the left. And based on the pasik that he was just told, somehow he takes it as there being an issue. So it's interesting. The Rambam, So the Rambam is talking about different nichoshes and toich it's not a word, toich says the Rambam. If somebody asks a child, tell me a pasik that you're learning, and he's a person that if the child is going to tell him a good pasik, like a bracha, He's going to be very happy. Says Ram, it's okay. It's fine to be happy. Why? Because he didn't act upon it. Nor did he refrain from doing something. Says Ram, says, if you want to be happy because a kid told you a, a, a good pasuk, or he tells you, no, that's a good pasuk in the Torah, whatever. So then you can be happy. There's nothing wrong with that. But if a, you're going to do something based on that, I'm going to not go there today because the child told me whatever it is, that's something already you're not allowed to do. So to be happy about it, for it to affect your emotions, that's okay. But to act upon it, that's awesome. Freight the Kesef Mishnah, the Ramah for Ganem for Shagamara, getting some Chesam and Aleph. Rav Sheshes was going to sit down, he asked the child, he told him, go to the right or to the left, says, ooh, I'm not going to go. It's a 
open contradiction to the Psakaloch of the Ramah. Says the Kesef Mishnah, you have to say that in this Gemara, he wasn't only relying on the child. He was also relying on the noise that Rav Chizda made. I mean that he was also relying on the noise that Rav Chizda made. It's for that reason, it didn't constitute Nichosh. Nichosh would be if he was relying on it exclusively. But being that he was also relying on the noise of Rav Chizda, it's for that reason, it wasn't an issue. Stating that, says the Kesef Mishnah, although the Ramam Shita is, you're not allowed to act upon a psychli psukech, Many Rishonim disagree. The smag, he says, Kasa Matsinu Kamegidoyvam Sha'amuli Yanukab Saikli Psukech Vaoisin Maisa Al Pia Pasuk. And the reason is, and listen to this Lashana Kasimish, beautiful Kasim Mishnah, because Zeloi Hoya min Nichosh Elo Minavua. Nichosh is Asr. You now be superstitious. But your ladder in act upon a Navua, the thought process of the Psaikli Psukha was that Hashem disseminated messages through the children. Psychically, Psukech was an element of Navuah. So just like you're allowed to go to the Navi, once upon a time, they used to be Deirish as Hashem. They would go to the Navi all the time. It was very commonplace to ask the Navi, should I do this, should I not do that? You go to Arepa, that's something you're allowed to do. That's an element of Navuah. It's not the superstition. Oh, because the child said a good Pasik, that's a Raya that something good is supposed to happen. There's an element of Navuah. Nichosh is Aser. Navuah is Moken. In fact, if you look at the Ramah, Ramah is in Simon Kofi and Tess, Halochal he talks about different ideas of Kishof, etc. Ramah Paskins, Halochal Amaisa, Psoikli, Psukech, is something that's okay. The Ramah's law, Shinez, Vechem, Mutter, Loimer, Latinek, Latinek, Psoikli, Psukech, and the Shach says the same Svarah, because we view it not as an element of Nichosh, but rather as an element of Nevoah. Zok the Gemara Vaiter, Asisi Loi, Sharim, the Sharois, the Tanugois, Pneha Adam. Shida v'shedas. So this is Shloim HaMelech talking in the context of him building the Beis HaMikdash. So there were Sharem and there were Sharois. There were Tanugais Bnei Adam. And then there were Shida and Shidois. So what exactly are these things? It says the word Sharem v'sharois. Elo minei zemer. V'tanugais Bnei HaAdam. Elo brichois u'mechatsois. These were bathhouses. Shida v'shidois. Hacha targimu. Shida v'shitzim. Over here in Bavel, they translated it as male and female shedim. Male and female demons. The Marava army in they said, Shitza. Om Rabbi Yechanan, what is Shitza? It's a certain shade. Sholish me as mini shedim hoi b'shichin. There were 300 shedim in, uh, I'm sorry, Shitza is an agola, is a wagon. So Rabbi Yechanan said, There were 300 types of Shadim in Shechem. So Rabbi Yechanan said, I was quite familiar with the Shadim. However, but what Shid itself is, that I am unfamiliar with. Either way, here they used to interpret it as Shadim. Why did Shloim HaMelech need Shadim when he built the base of Mikdash? Because the Pasuk says, Shleima, Maso Nifna, Umakovois, Vahagarzen, Kokli Barzle Nishma Vabayas Bibanos. It's an unbelievable possible. Shleima Melch built the base of Mikdash, but they didn't use tools. Yet, they had to have stones that were fit to measure. So, how exactly were they able to have these chiseled stones if you weren't allowed to use tools? The answer is, and he said, How am I supposed to build a base on Mikdash? They told him, There's a secret. There's the Shamir. The icy Moshe that Moshe Benu used, and this is this week's parsha, to inscribe the names of the Shvatim in the stones of the Ephite. Take that Shamir, 
use it to build a base of Mekdash. So what exactly was a Shamir? It was an animal. Huge discussion in the Rishonim and the Yechreinim. Exactly what it was. A snake, a worm. It's mentioned in the end of the Saita. But either way, that was the Shamir and it was very, very small. The Gemara says it was the size of a barley. So this little tiny creature somehow had supernatural abilities and was able to inscribe things in things that Alpidar HaTavi shouldn't be able to. So they told Shleim HaMelech, go find the Shamir. Either way, Amalui said, Hey, where am I supposed to find it? Amalui, they told him, Go bring a male and a female demon, bring them together and torture them, interrogate them. Maybe they're going to know and they're going to tell you. So he brought this, these demons, and he brought them together. Amalui, they said, We don't know, be honest with you, but I know someone who might know. He's the king of the demons. He's the king of the shadim. Yada, maybe he knows. Abdu Hecha, you say. Where is Ashmadai? Amalei, they told him, Isa Betura Plan. He lives on a certain mountain. Karile Bira, and let me tell you a little bit about what he does every day, and you could try to find a way to apprehend him and see if you can get this piece of information from him. Karile Bira, he digs a hole. Umalyule Mat, he fills it up with water. Umekasi Betura, he covers it with dirt. And then he puts a seal on top of it to make sure that nobody's going in and touching his water. The whole Yoyman every single day saw the Rakia. He goes up to Shamayim. The God married, he learns Torah and Mesifta the Rakia. The Nachislaira, then he comes back down to this world. The Gomer Mesifta the Ara. The Ossi Saila the Gushpanke. Before he goes back into his pit, he inspects the seal to make sure that nobody tampered with it. Umagalile, if everything looks good, he uncovers it, the shasi, he drinks, and that's how he lives. And he goes to sleep. Azul says the Gemara, the Azul. So Shleim HaMelech called his chief of staff, he said, you're going to need these things. He gave him a chain that had the Shem Hashem inscribed in it. And he gave him a ring that had the Shem Hashem inscribed in it. And he gave him bundles of wool. And he gave him wine. And comes to this mountain where Ashmedoy lives. He goes underneath the pit where Ashmedoy lives. He doesn't go from on top, because to go from on top, you're going to have to go through the seal. So he goes from underneath, he made a hole in this bar, and he emptied out all the water from the pit. And then he covered it, he stuffed, he plugged the hole with the wool that Shleim HaMelech gave him. And then he went on a certain angle, made a hole more towards the top of the bar, and he replaced the water with wine. You see where this is going. And then he covered it up, made believe nothing happened. So Yosef Ilani went to sit on a tree. When Ashmedai came back from learning, so he comes back to his pit, and he sees the seal. So he inspects the seal. Everything looks good. Looks like a regular, ordinary day. Galio, he uncovers it. And he sees that instead of water, what he has is wine. Amas, Ashmedai said, we could all learn some Musa from Ashmedai. Ksiv, it says in the Torah, nothing good, nothing wise comes from people that drink wine. Ksiv, and there's another passage, that only bad things come from drinking. He didn't want to drink. He was like, Scarbet. He says, I don't want to drink because it's just going to get me to do things I'm not supposed to do. Kitzachi, but he was getting really thirsty. So he had no choice. Ishti, he drank. Rava, he got drunk. Vikana, and he fell asleep. As soon as he fell asleep, Nachis Asa, Biniyo Ben Yayada, who was lurking in the background, came. He took the Shoshilta, this 
chain that wasn't just any ordinary chain, it had the Shem Hashem engraved in it, Sosme, and he apprehended, he took Ashmedai with him. Ki itar, when he woke up, have a Kamafarzal. He was trying to get out. He was trying to untie himself. So told You're not getting out because the Shem Hashem is on this Shalshelis. This isn't just an ordinary chain. It doesn't matter how strong you are. All your supernatural abilities are not going to help you right now. So the Gemara says, as they were walking, they passed the Dekel. He brushed the Dekel as he was walking. Shadia and it fell down. He passed the house, and again, Shadia, and he, he knocked it down. Then he passed the hut where Amana lived. So this Amana sees that everything he's touching, he's knocking down. He said, sir, would you like to move, you know, could you drive in the middle lane? But either way, whatever he's brushing is coming down. So she comes out, she starts pleading. So he stood straight up, and he stood in a way where he wasn't going to knock down her house, but at the same time, because of this awkward position that he had to stand in, he broke a bone. Omar, he said, he was alarmed and also, that's Pshan in the Pasuk, because of this Amana, who had a Lashen Raka, I myself broke my bone. He saw a blind person that was walking on the road. He gave him directions, this is Ashmanah, he told him where to go. Then he saw a drunk person that was walking on the street. He helped him out as well. He saw a, a wedding proceed. There, there were people, there was a wedding going on. Bach procession. Bacha, he started crying. There he saw a person walking to a shoemaker and he told him, I'm looking for a shoe that's going to last seven years. He started laughing. And then he saw a sorcerer that was doing his thing. He too started laughing. Finally, he arrives at Shleim HaMelech's palace. Ben Yob and the other brings him there. And they made him wait at Tlos for three days. Yehima Kama, the first day, I thought I came here for a purpose. Why is the Melech not calling me inside? He drank too much yesterday. Shleim HaMelech is suffering from a hangover. So the Gemara says, He took a brick, and he put it on top of another brick. They told Shleim this bizarre reaction that Ashmedai had when he heard that you were suffering from a hangover. I'll tell you what he's telling me. He's telling me that the right refuah for a hangover is just to drink more. The next day, the next day, why today did the Melech not come? He ate too much. So he took a brick, off of another brick. Put it on the ground. They came to tell Shleim HaMelech what happened. Shleim again was the Chacham Yikaladim. He knew that and interpreted what Ashmedai was doing. What he's saying is, that being that I ate too much yesterday, I should refrain from eating today. So if you drank too much yesterday, drink more. If you ate too much yesterday, don't eat. Says the Gemara, at the end of three days, they brought Ashmedai in front of Shleim HaMelech. Great encounter. Shokal Kanya, so the first thing Ashmedai does is he takes a reed, Mashachabar Gamidi, he measures four Gamidim, four 
Amos, the Shoda Kamen, he threw it in front of Shloim HaMelech. On Malay, what was he trying to say? Mechtik, he Ma'isahu Gavra, Shloim HaMelech, as powerful as you are, and as wealthy as you are, and as wise as you are, one day you're going to die like everybody else, and when you die, Leslie Ba'adein Alma Eladalad Gamidi, you're going to have the same four cubits of this world, like everybody else does. Hashta, now, however, kavashte l'kuli alma. The entire world is under your reign. But you're not satisfied. You need me also? What's going on, Shloim The truth? I don't really need you. However, I don't want you. But what I need is the I need to build a base HaMikdash. And I was told that the only way I could build a base HaMikdash, because of this halach, I'm not allowed to use tools, so I need the Shamir. And I was told that you know where the Shamir is. So after all this, he told me, I don't have him. However, the Sar of the Yam the Sar, the Nachshol Shabiyam, the Sar of the Yam, he knows where the Shamir is. However, he doesn't give it away. He gives it to this, a certain species of a Tarnagol, this wild Tarnagol. The Sar of the Yam trusts the Tarnagol that he's not going to blow its cover and tell everyone where the Shamir is. So he loans it out sometimes to the Tarnagal. The Tarnagal uses it for its needs. When the Tarnagal is done with it, it returns it back to the Sarah Shalyam. Umay of it. Day, what should I do? So the Gemara says, Oh, what I'm sorry, what does the Tarnagal Bara do with the Shamir? He brings it to mountains that have no Yishuv. He brings it to the top of the mountain. It makes a hole in the mountain. It somehow miraculously it creates. Yishuvim. Skip the line. Nagar Tura. There's a targum on a certain animal that's mentioned in the Torah, it refers to it as the Nagartura, this bird that lives on the mountain, that's what it's referring to. This Tarnagobara. Either way, the Tarnagobara has access to the Shamir. So the Gemara says, Shloim Melech now went to work. But Kukina Tarnagobara, they found the nest of this Tarnagobara, the Islam that had children, the Chafiulikine Zugisa Chivarti. They covered it with a white glass. The Tarnagobara was away. When it came back, the mother, she wanted to go to her children, but she couldn't crack this glass. So she went, she had access to the Shamir, she got the Shamir, they made this loud noise, telling everyone that the Shamir is there. They grabbed the Shamir, they got it. This Tarnagobara felt so bad that it wasn't going to be honest, it wasn't going to be able to return the Shamir, like it always did to the Sarah Shalyam, that the Tarnagal Bara ended up killing itself. Amalei Biniyo, my time of Biniyo now turns to Ashmedai. He says, when we were walking together from your mountain to Shlema Melch's palace, so you did some interesting things, right? The Gemara said all these reactions that Ashmedai had to different things that he saw. Could you explain yourself a little bit? Why was it that when you saw the blind man who was stumbling on his way, you helped him back onto the path. I heard a baskal in Shemayim that said that this person is a tzadikomer. He's going to marry a portion of the world to come. Why is it that when you saw that drunk person stumbling, you helped him out as well? I heard a baskal in Shemayim that said the Rosh Gomer, who is a really bad guy. So I did him some good in this world. 
Alma. So you should lose out any little Olam Haba that he is supposed to get because of the good that he had in this world. How come when you saw this wedding procession, why was it that you began to cry? Because I see that this chassan is going to die within 30 days. Obviously they have no children. The woman is going to have to now be a shemeris yavam. The problem is her brother is a cotton. She's going to have to, his brother's a cotton. And she's going to have to wait 13 years as an aguna, until she's able to get married, and I felt terrible for her. How come when you heard this person ordering shoes, and he said he wants shoes that are built to last, they're going to last for seven years, why did you laugh? This person doesn't even have seven days left on this world. And Masani Lashev Shninba, and he's buying shoes for seven years. And how come when you saw that sorcerer who was doing all his kishif and all his incantations, why did you laugh? Amalei says, You know why? Dabi Yosef, he was sitting down on a box. You notice? He said, Yeah, I saw the box. You know what was in that box? It was gold and there was silver. So he's trying to get money to come from the other side of the world with all his heebie If he would sit down and look at the box that he's sitting on, he would have everything that he needs. Says the Gemara, Yosef Begoza the Malko, Liksoi, Maite, Ikatuse, Tarchigab, said the Mars, Tarchigabe, Adabani, Lebesemikdash. Either way, Shloyma Melech wasn't taking any chances and he kept Ashmedai with him until he no longer needed the Shamir. Till he finished building the Beis HaMikdash, which took how long? Seven years. Yoy Machad, at the end of the seven years, when he finished building the Beis HaMikdash, Havakoi Lechudeh. Ashmedai was standing by himself. Amalei, so Shleim HaMelech, gets into a conversation with Ashmedai. He says, it says in the Pasuk, Kitayafos Re'em Loi. Hashem says, the Tayafos and the Re'em, they're all beholding to him. From Rinon, and we know that Kitayafos is Elu Malachi Asharis. Re'em, Elu Asheh, Demayrevu Saichu Minon. It sounds like from the Pasuk, Hashem is Nispoir, that not only are the people all beholden to him, but even the Malachi Asharis, even the Shadim. See, he said, what's so special? It sounds like the Shadim are superior to human beings. What's so great about the Shadim? So Ashmedai tells Shleiman Melech, if you take the chain off of me, this chain that's uh, been hurting me for the last bunch of years, and you give me your ring, and I'll show you why we're more superior to you. Amazingly, Shleiman Melech went along with this. He took the chain off Ashmedai. And he gave him his ring, Bole. And Ashmedai swallowed Shloyma Melech. If you look at the Messiah Sashas, some say he didn't swallow Shloyma Melech, he swallowed the ring. Either way, he now spread his wings. One wing was all the way up in Shemaim. Another one was on the ground. He threw Shloyma Melech 400 parsois. He shite on Shloyma was regarding that time that Shloyma Melech said, Everything that he worked for, everything that he had, in one split second, because of one foolish decision. Ashmedai, one flick, he lost everything that he had. This is a real Moser Shemus. said, this was He was left with this. This is all he had. Some say what he had was his makol, he had his stick, his shtekin. It's referring to his cloak. There's a Gemara Masechtis on Hedron. We'll talk about this Gemara on Shabbos. That goes into this at greater length. But the Lashon over there is that he was He was only king on his makol. It's Yudur. Rav Chaim said he was a Melech al Makolai, but that's his kingdom. 
A malchus means he has a malchus. All he had was a stick. He was a melech al makolos. He said malchus is a, it's a personality. It's a hanhoga. There are people that they're dignified people. They're aristocratic people. When Shloyma Melch only had his makol, but he was a melech al makolos. Shloyma Melch was trying to get back to himself. So he started knocking up people's doors. So he was just thrown away. He lost everything. Every door that he knocked on, Amar, he would introduce himself. I used to be the king in Yerushalayim. Nobody bought it. He came to the Sanhedrin. Amru Usually, you're not a shoyta b'dover rechod. A shoyta who keeps on repeating the same. Shtus. There must be something to it. So they told Malka, Have you seen the king recently? Then they called the queen. Have you seen the king recently? Yeah, I did. But I, I will tell you. So they said. Go take a look at his shoes. Look at his feet. He's coming meaning he's never barefoot. He's always wearing something on his feet. And that's because Shadim don't have regular feet. More about this on Shabbos. That's one interesting thing that I noticed. That Shlomo Melech hasn't been taking off my husband just didn't take off his socks. He didn't take off his shoes for the last period of time. Not just that, he was teveya mi fatashmish benidasayu while I was a nida. And even more so, the katavali nama the basheva yime. He was even teveya his mother basheva. They realized that this person who was posing as Shloyma Melech wasn't really Shloyma Melech. Who was he? He was Ashmedai. So Ashmedai is posing as Shloyma Melech during this period of time. It also sounds like that he was together with Batsheva. Would that make Batsheva now usher to Shloyma Melech? She was a soita. She did it by Ines, perhaps. If a woman is mezana with a shade, does she become asr labayla? Or does she not become asr labayla? We'll talk about that on Shabbos. Either way, asyua l'shloyma, v'havale azakta, v'shoshilta, they gave him the ring and the shalshelas, t'chalkel ha'ashem, ki'ayu, when Ashmedai came back, and he saw the other shloyma melech, chazir, Parach, he ran away. For the rest of Shlomo Melech's life, he was always afraid of Ashmedai. That's Pshat in the Pasuk that says, Either way, says the Gemara, there was Machlech is Rav and Shmuel in terms of what the postscript of the story is. And we'll see more about this on Shabbos, but last line. Chadamar once said, Melech the Hedyet, that after this whole story never went back to being a melech the way he was. He remained a hedyet. V'chad Omer, one man Omer says, melech, the hedyet, u melech.